0: Take your BM before you get in the tube, and then you don't get the float bloat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. So,
2: that is such specific advice. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, <laughs> I think it's advice everyone should follow. That's true. Um, That's fair. What a weird, out-of-context thing to say. Anyway, welcome <laughs> to another episode of Screen fix we are going to be fixing a recent film this week we are going to be fixing mamma mia here we go again the sequel to mamma mia
1: let me tell you how she did it all on her own
3: <laughs> why is she short the world is wide
2: i want to make some memory i think we should stay here together
1: I wish I could stay here too.
2: Turns out he's engaged. I
1: hate it when they do that. I was cheated by you And I think you know when Look at me now Will I ever learn I don't know how But I suddenly lose control there's a fire within my soul.
3: Just one look, and I can hear a bell. I've never felt closer to my mom. She wasn't scared because she had me. can't tell anybody else about the baby, okay?
0: I just told Bill. Yeah, And I told Harry. I told many, many people. All right, I am host JC. With me, as always, are the hosts that carry the show. With us today, we have Lady Wan. Say hi.
2: Hey.
0: And we have someone who's becoming a bit of a regular. Torpedo. Torpedo is back.
3: I'm back.
0: Do you love musicals? Did you love the first Mamma Mia Torpedo.
3: I love ABBA, so I watched it because of that, but it was, it was fun. It was fun. It was nice.
0: Do you? Is it one of those ones that you watch over and over? Do you sing along?
3: Sing along, yes, over and over, only because it's on TV a lot. <laughs> so And it's on Netflix but, right now. Is it? Yeah. Uh-huh. See?
0: All right. Uh, Lady Juan, what's your relationship with Mamma Mia?
2: I dig it. I dig it a lot.
0: Were you excited about this sequel? Hell yes. All right. Awesome. Um... <laughs> So, uh, I've only seen Mamma Mia once. I think I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. I mean, it's always a slightly awkward the way they shoehorn the ABBA songs in, but they, they work for the most part. But anyway, Mamma Mia 2, uh, we saw it. We're going to fix it. But uh, hot off the presses, here comes the hot stats. Burning up. Give us those stats. Statistician, Lady Wan, go.
2: Okay, so this movie came out July 20th, and it was number two its opening weekend behind The Equalizer 2. It made $35 million in the U.S., and after two weekends, it's up to $70 million in the U.S. and another $96 million outside of the country. The uh, first Mamma Mia hit $144 million in the U.S. and $465 million overseas for a total theatrical run of $609 million.
0: Mamma Mia, that's a lot of money. <laughs>
2: It
1: was... (laughs)
0: God. <laughs> anyway, so the first one was a, was a success and hopefully this one lives up to that. In 10 Days Mamma Mia, the first one was was at 62 million. The sequel is already at 70. So it's doing better than the first one as of right now. And how about audiences, Lady <laughs> Juan? How are people liking it? Um,
2: so this sequel is 79% fresh from critics and 76% of audiences liked it. The original is actually 54% rotten from critics with only six. of audiences liking it, but I'm not super certain that this is anything other than, like, realistic expectations for the sequel, rather than, like, it's that much better, because I don't even know that it's necessarily better, in my opinion, Um, but... Critics and audiences are rating the
3: second one higher than the first.
0: Built up goodwill from the first one.
3: It must be because I don't agree. I think the first one is way better than the second one.
0: Okay, let's, uh, before we get started, uh, let's go ahead and really quickly run down the plot of this movie. Just to refresh everyone's, everyone's little mans. Okay, so this one was written and directed by Ole Parker. <clears throat> and it was a story by Parker, Katherine Johnson, and Richard Curtis. It's the follow-up to Mamma Mia, uh, which is based on a musical. This one is not based on a musical, it's just a sequel to the first one this is kind of this is a prequel and a sequel rolled into one so basically the plot is that Sophie is preparing for the grand reopening of her mother Donna's hotel and her mother has passed away she passed away a year earlier and she's upset because two of her father's Harry and Bill are unable to make it to the reopening and she's having trouble in her marriage to sky who's living in New York and then we get flashbacks to Donna Uh, in 1979 she's a young girl graduating college and she's ready to travel the world and she really wants to go to to Greece she feels like her destiny is in Greece because she heard about this island that was the supposed edge of the world in some myth or Back in history. And she basically uh, arrives in, in Paris. And she hangs out with Harry. And gets it on with Harry. Uh, she misses her boat to Cola Carey, But she's offered a ride by Bill. Bill tries to get busy. They don't get busy. Uh, they help a stranded fisherman. But eventually Bill does bring her to the island. Then in the present day, Tanya and Rosie arrive to support Sophie for the reopening. It's revealed that Rosie and Bill have split up. Uh, Sophie visits Sam, who's still grieving over the death of Donna. Sam in the first movie was who Donna... Uh, rekindled with one of the quote-unquote one of the fathers possible fathers back in the past she's exploring a farmhouse and a storm causes her to just to discover this horse going in search of help to try to calm this horse she meets young sam riding his motorcycle and he helps her they're having a great time they're having a little romance but then it ends because donna discovers that sam has a fiance so sam leaves and she's distraught meanwhile In the present day, uh, one of her fathers, Harry, leaves his business deal in Tokyo to support Sophie. He has, like, a realization that she's important, and he just leaves in in the middle of the the meeting. Separately, uh, Bill, at the exact same time, has the same idea, and he sends his brother to accept some award instead of him, and they both... They both set off back in the past to press Donna's heartbroken over Sam, uh, but she decides to start singing at a weird little restaurant that's empty with Tanya and Rosie. She meets Bill again, and they go out on the boat, and they get busy. Sam returns, though. He ended his engagement for Donna, but hears that she's with another man, who's Bill. Donna discovers that she's pregnant, and she doesn't know which one of these guys that she's been with is the one who is her child's father. Basically... She has a wish to stay on the island. The owner of that restaurant that she's been singing at tells her that she could live at the farmhouse, and Donna accepts, and that's where she gives birth to Sophie. And then uh, back in the present, the guests arrive at the, at the party. Sophie's reunited with her fathers. Sky is there, and then, of course, Skye has tracked down Sophie's grandma, and it's a big reveal. The grandma is Cher, and Cher shows up, and she has a past romance with Fernando played by Andy Garcia and then 9 months later Sophie gives birth to a boy and everyone is at the christening and that's basically where that ends uh, the entire cast together sing Super Trooper because that's appropriate somehow it's so uh, at good. a huge party at the Hotel Belladonna and uh, and that's it that's that's the that's the plot of this movie now before we just go into fixing it a lot of people work on a movie we're not here to be cynical what's something that you liked about this movie, Lady Wan?
2: Lily James. Everything about her. She was joyful and exciting, and she can actually sing pretty well. Not that it's hard to sing ABBA songs, but she's doing good. And she was just an absolute joy. So I was into her, and I totally got how she got all those dudes.
3: She was fantastic.
0: What's something that you liked about this movie, Torpedo?
3: I really love the music. I love singing along. Lily James was... Awesome. I think she was a perfect fit for it. Um, you know what I really I like their outfits. Yeah. That was good stuff. Yeah. They were Style. cute. Super cute. The fashion.
0: 1979. You didn't know people were so stylish in 79. It was very bow The year chic. one of the hosts was born.
3: <clears throat> it's so long ago.
0: Yeah. I'm at the age now where <laughs> my birth year is flashback <laughs> territory. Like it's... <laughs> It was a weird, sad little realization for Aww, me. Aw, tough stuff. Look at this long ago time. I'm like, oh <laughs> Anyway, so I also <laughs> I also enjoyed the singing. I enjoyed Cher. Like as soon as Cher stepped into this movie, it was like a different film. She's, she's such so a Oh good. She's such a strong presence and such a great natural actress that I loved her. Also, I like the songs too. I had this this thought. I was like, Abba songs are written obviously by a group who's first language is not English. So I feel like the songs are very simple, but that's good because they have a way of... The language that they do use is very simple, direct, and cuts right to the heart of things. Like every one of their songs is this blunt like gut punch of some story or some emotion, and it really lends itself very well to this kind of material, melodramatic material. So yeah, I also very very much liked... You know, the abba songs, the singing, I like it, except when Dominic Cooper, Cooper si- sings, he looks like he's <laughs> just waking up from a nap. But anyway, yeah, so let's go ahead are, are are you guys ready? Are you guys ready to to fix this? You ready to fix Mama Mia? Mhm. Right.
3: Let's go. Boom.
1: Mama Mia, here I go again.
0: All right, lady one, why don't you lay on us your first fix?
2: Okay. My first fix has to do with something you just mentioned a moment ago. Dominic Cooper, eh?
0: Womp womp.
2: Right? Like, eh? Like, Meh. he's clearly only in the first one just to be sexy and tan and shirtless, and uh, doesn't have it anymore, I guess, because they made him keep his shirt on the whole time. So- oh, and <laughs> you
0: hate that. You you've been <laughs> complaining about this shirt on thing for a few fixes now. Yeah,
2: it keeps coming up. It's super weird. Um,
0: We're not just hunks of beef, lady (laughs) one.
2: I'm just saying. You can be. He's not a great singer. He's (laughs) not a stellar actor. So he was there to to be man candy in the first one, and um, he wasn't quite doing it this this time around. So I want to recast Sky, and I want no acknowledgement of it. You
0: just want to full-on recast him? (laughs) Yes,
2: and I don't want anyone to acknowledge that that's a different person. (laughs) That's great. I want Nick Jonas.
0: Oh, Yes.
2: Right. Well, he can sing. He can, he can, sing. can sing. He can yeah. dance. And he he's can cut be shirtless so well. He's really good at it. Oh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god.
2: He is. Wait, how old is he? Hold on. Am I
3: creepy? He's like twenty five. Okay, it's 26. fine.
0: <laughs> As a performer, he's got great stage presence, yes. and he probably he probably knows how to move and dance while singing songs too. Yeah, I. Casting him is, is perfect. What, what do you think?
3: Yeah, no, he was the only Jonas brother that was talented. Really. <laughs> Ooh. He's the only one that, like, sang. Comment for and... you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no one likes Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> no one likes Kevin. <laughs> no one likes Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Joe was the face, and then, but he really didn't have anything else. No. He just had eyebrows. Yeah, he had sculpted eyebrows. Yeah. And tight pants.
0: Sculpted?
3: Yeah, they were... Yeah.
0: He had, like, an eyebrow person, you feel like, in his They trailer. were
3: groomed. They were they definitely They were very, groomed. very groomed. They were, like, too
2: good, like, too perfect, like... He had Jennifer Connelly eyebrows.
0: Oh, I could turn gay. <laughs> so awesome. So is that... Anything else there with, with that one?
2: No, just Gimme Nick Jonas. Great fix. Jonas, Jonas, <laughs> Jonas.
1: <laughs>
3: mia, here I go again.
0: All right, Torpedo, why don't you lay on us your first fix
3: so um so i think it would be really cool if they piggybacked off of the first movie and um it was based off of like diary entry diary entries that yes you know she read so maybe she found more pages and the flashbacks represented more so donna's story on her road to opening this dream hotel than she wanted and the three guys that she met were just kind of like not so much obstacles but you know Stuff that happens in life on the way to that dream that she eventually wanted. I like that.
0: They each posed some kind of uh, obstacle, threat to take her away from her dream? or
3: Yeah, pretty much. And then, you know, especially with her getting pregnant and not knowing who the father was, um, it kind of leads into what the actual theme of the movie was, which was Sophie, you know, doing this dream hotel for her mom. Plus, I want to see
2: Lily James write dot, dot, dot in her diary when she's recording all of the times they banged. <laughs> see? That's <laughs> such a good part in the first movie. <laughs> dot,
3: dot, dot! Mia, here I go again. You're up, JC!
0: <laughs> okay, so I had a lot of kind of small issues with the way that they used Rosie and Tanya. They were very underutilized. They just kind of showed up to do the musical number in the in the Greek restaurant and there was not much more to them at all. So I thought that they were really wasted in the flashback scenes. Mm-hmm. So there's this one part where, and I know that this is from the first movie. I th- uh, I know they did this because they were trying to justify the relationship that develops at the end of Mamma Mia one between Bill and Rosie. But in the flashback sequence, her feelings for Bill come out of absolutely nowhere. She's like, uh, she's almost like hysterical about it. She is is like panicking. She needs cake. She's she's like a <laughs> upset about it. She's very upset and we don't ever see why she's upset other than he shows up. So, maybe we get this a little bit more involved maybe we set up a good like meet cute for them young Rosie and Tanya can be on their way to the island to meet up with Donna Uh but they miss a ferry and they get a ride in kind of a rickety boat with like a fisherman or something and about halfway through their journey to the island something happens maybe like a large boat comes by and the wake makes this boat capsize or (laughs) maybe or maybe a storm comes or something but anyway Rosie ends up overboard a storm probably works better so Rosie ends up overboard and and Tanya doesn't know where Rosie is and suddenly Rosie's in the in the water she's splashing she's scared and suddenly the hand of a golden-haired shirtless prince ah. comes lifting <laughs> her out of the water and it's Bill and since Bill saved her life and also because he's so of course a uh,
1: smoke
2: show
0: super <laughs> super super smoke show <laughs> sexy pants yeah that's why she is so smitten with him and of course she's upset that he's going back to the island to meet up with donna and she's very broken up about this so i thought maybe that would give a little bit more of a foundation to the relationship instead of having it based purely on the fact that he's as you said
2: a smoke show
0: what's your second fix lay it on us lady Wango.
2: All right, so instead of Harry and Bill basically having the same realization and the same storyline, which is like, oh, I should give up on this thing that I'm supposed to be doing and go be there for my daughter. It's basically the same thing. Like,
0: Yeah, and it was super a- abrupt.
2: Yeah, it was weird and awkward and like it didn't even feel like a real obstacle, just like it took a while to yeah. get to.
0: It's like they're not in the whole movie until their scene where they have the realization. So yeah. it-, it- it comes out of nowhere, yeah. It's
2: dumb. It's it's not cool. So instead of them independently having these moments of peace out, responsibility, I got to go be there for my daughter, even though I had plenty of notice to plan accordingly and like be responsible. How about Sophie has sent the invitations at the beginning of the movie, but Bill didn't get his because Bill being the amazing Swede that he is, is out sailing the world on his boat. So he's not home to get his mail. He doesn't know about this. But Harry, who's a little squirrely and a little unsure all the time, he gets the invite, but he's like, oh, I have this really important meeting in Barcelona. I can't miss it. I got to go do this architecture thing. And he's there in Barcelona. So we get like more pretty shots of that city because that's cool too. And he's out there. And it's a harbor town and Bill is stopping in port because he's on his way around the world and they have a random by chance run in because that keeps happening in this, these movies. So it's fine. And they get to talking (laughs) and Harry tells Bill about Sophie and what's happening at the island. And Bill is like, what? Why are you here then? We got to support our girl. And then that's the end of that scene. And we just see Bill's boat arriving to the island. And then who pops up on the boat next to him? Squirrely Harry. Squirrelly Harry made a good choice, and they're both gonna be there for Sophie.
0: It's all like dramatic. You just see Bill, and you're like, "He didn't come."
2: Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, no, it's they like, did. Yeah. And then it's Yay. all like exciting and triumphant. Yeah. They're gonna Q be song. good dads.
0: Yeah. Cue <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Q> song. Cue <laughs> both of them singing on the, on the bow of the boat. <laughs> Torpedo, why don't you give us your second fix? Go.
3: So, so I love Cher. She's like a queen. She's great. Um, so I thought there could have been a little bit more of her. Like, I thought maybe you could start the movie off with Cher and Fernando's love story.
0: Ooh. Oh, Ooh. awesome. Like they're there and there's like the guns. Like they're he's in like the Mexican Revolution or something. Yeah,
3: pretty much. Like they had a lot of <laughs> you know corny fireworks. They could have added those in the beginning too. Um <laughs> Um, but basically, by having that in the beginning, they could show kind of how you know Donna was born and why and how Donna's relationship with her mom was so bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It could kind of develop and you know also show how why Donna was so free-spirited. Cause I mean, she was valedictorian of her college. Like, where was it at Oxford, they said. So, I mean, that's pretty prestigious on its own to even be there. But for her to just be like, no, I'm going to leave and travel the world on my own, you know, you kind of wonder why. Someone is kind of like that. So I think it would be good to show that.
0: Like, show how her mother's mistakes perhaps had influenced her views on love and relationship.
3: Basically, and show, you know, why her mother felt a certain way about her mother. Like, she always mentioned, like, that they didn't have a good relationship, but why? I guess she was some Swedish pop star or something. But, uh, you know, why did, what decisions did her mom make to make her not be around or not choose to not be around and for her to choose? to take over her own life and make the decisions that she made so i like it mia, here i go again What's your next fix, JC?
0: All right, my next fix. Here we go. So I fixed young Rosie, who I thought didn't have much to do. Now let me fix or try to fix young Tanya. Okay, so two other people I thought really did not have a lot to do in this movie were Tanya and also Harry kind of gets the shaft in this one. They meet in Paris. He
2: wishes. Oh, uh. oh! I did that.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Okay. Harry, also, he's in the movie. They meet in Paris. They have sex. Donna actually feels kind of regretful about it. Probably because he was so adamant that he was in love with her <laughs> so quickly, like through the course of one restaurant dance. But <laughs> 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 Through
2: the course of one restaurant dance. <laughs>
0: When you know, you know, you know, I guess. And then Harry tries to show up at the dock, you know, with the dock where the ferry is that goes over to the Greek island and he sees her on the boat with Bill and he just leaves. And that's literally the last we see of young Harry. Like that's it, he's not in the movie again. And it happens pretty early. And so I feel like these two characters really didn't get their due. So we're gonna piggyback off of the Rosie fix. So Rosie fell in the water during the storm, picked up by Bill. Tanya and the fishermen end up back at the ferry, okay? Okay. She's worried, but then the guy at the dock tells her, don't worry, Rosie's safe. Bill radioed in to let people know that he saved someone at sea, and the person's name was Rosie, so she's okay. She's like, okay, good. Now, who's still in the port town is Harry. He's still there. He hasn't left Mm -hmm. yet. He's staying the night there. He meets young Tanya at a bar, right? Tanya approaches him. She's flirting with him, and And she's coming on to him and they kiss, but then they get into a room and he's suddenly kind of squirming and not really getting it up or something. I don't know. I don't know if we want to be that detailed, but. She could probably make. Oh, well. She could probably. She could probably make some pretty funny jokes. She was probably the funnier one out of the two. So anyway, she realizes actually that he's gay, which is a revelation that happened in Mama Mia one, correct? Yes. Yes. So she realizes at that moment, oh my goodness, he's gay. She knows she's got gaydar. Plus, like. Nobody isn't raring to go around her. She's, she's Tanya. She's hot.
2: Yeah, in the second movie, I think she's had like four husbands by then. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Nobody turns down Tanya. No. So anyway, she tries to help him realize that he's gay over the course of this this evening, and she helps him try to come out. Maybe Maybe she tries to set him up with a handsome young Greek man, but he's too afraid yet. He's too afraid to admit the truth to himself, you know, and I think this provides a little bit more development to Harry's character as we see him coping with his identity. Mm -hmm. And it also deepens the bond between Harry and Tanya when they're older because they've always kind of shared the secret of this one night in the port town.
3: I like that. I like it too. here I go again.
0: And I'm gonna jump in with just uh, one last fix that, that I had. I also thought this movie needed more Cher, just like you did, Torpedo. So this is how I would inject more Cher, because honestly, the moment Cher showed up, it's like the movie was Cher's movie. Her presence and her stunning voice, and as soon as she shows up, she does that song, Fernando, with Andy Garcia, and it's so electric. That it almost stole the movie from Amanda Seyfried and the rest of the cast. It was just that song was so good, and it came so late in the film. It's the song before the final scene, and it almost steals the whole movie because after that, there's really no climax. I mean, because the song ends with fireworks and it like I turned a torpedo, and I actually said I was like, "Didn't the movie end like ten minutes ago? Why is this movie <laughs> still going? Like it ended with the the climactic song and the fireworks. Like why is this movie still going? It's because shares moment was so big and I thought okay this movie needs more share so this is how I'm going to add more share so there's a point in the story where Sophie has everything ready for this party to open the hotel and a storm comes and wrecks all of her stuff so now she's like what am I going to do everything's wrecked I'm letting down my mother all of this stuff and I thought right then she is all upset she calls Sky. she's upset when she hangs up with Sky, Sky makes another phone call and what he does is he calls Cher. Cher shows up mid-movie to help clean up the mess. She shows up and of course she's not invited, kind of echoing the first film where Donna was not happy that her these three men showed up. Sophie is not happy that her estranged grandma shows up who she is pretty sure disowned her mother. So she's not happy that this this person's there. So slowly both the hotel is repaired And the relationship is repaired through their recollections and flashbacks of their different memories of Donna. Sophie's recollections and Cher's recollections and basically it emphasizes the importance of this mother-daughter relationship which is what these movies are all about and I think this movie needed Cher and it needed that element to this film and I thought that that was a good way to inject more Cher and keep with the uh, the Mamma Mia spirit, mm-hmm. and and give and give share some more songs. She That's needs perfect. more songs. And yes, all,
2: Queen. right, I want a scene with, like, I want a flashback scene where we get Cher and Meryl Streep together.
3: I want to know who would play a young Cher. Cher,
2: oh. <laughs> she, yeah, she, she her
3: face has been frozen in time for thirty years. Cher.
1: <laughs>
0: No, young Cher would be Lady Gaga.
3: Uh, Seriously, (laughs) as soon as she walked out, I was like, this is what Lady Gaga's going to look like in 30 years.
0: (laughs) Those are our fixes for this movie. Since this is a sequel, you picked up on some inconsistencies. Do you want to give us some of those quick inconsistencies? Is this a segment that we're going to call Torpedo Sinks It? Yeah, I
3: like sinking things. All right, so
0: you notice a few <laughs> inconsistencies in this one. Sink this, Torpedo. All
3: right, first of all, Meryl Streep and Cher are three years apart. So, <laughs> like, what? And Meryl Streep looks significantly older than Cher. I don't know, there was one scene where they were both like in the same picture and you just, it was just not, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense that it was the present time, but Cher looked way younger than Meryl Streep did when she died, like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I know she was a famous pop star, so you can add in the whole, she had Botox and filler and facelifts, but you know, it's, it's a little much. So, the first movie, Sophie was 20, and that was supposed to be about, you know, year 2000. The Mm -hmm. second movie, Donna in 1979, and Donna was 21. So, add 20 years, plus five more, because she was 25, she had mentioned that she was 25, and pregnant. The year had to be, like, 2005, so Donna died somewhere between 2002 2004 ish and she was only like 44 43 right. what, like, like what what happened just, what happened you can't just drop that that's so young so young so in like cancer it could be a cancer it could have been a sudden death I don't you know you gotta like, say something so many questions so many questions
0: she just fell off the cliff
3: to the end of the world because that's what she thought the, <laughs> the <right>. island was <laughs> Also, and if anyone is listening, they can correct me if I'm wrong because I didn't actually look this up. But from what I remember, there was a conversation between Donna and I think it was Tanya in the first movie where they refer to Donna's mom being dead.
2: Right? I swear to God they said she was dead in the first movie.
3: Yeah. They were talking about her and then they both pointed to the sky and then everything they said was in past tense. So, like, if they weren't inferring she was dead, they just... Didn't have good grammar? I don't know. Like, because she was such a big part of the second movie, you'd think that'd be something that they check up on the first one. Right? So. Just give
2: it a quick watch <laughs> before you write the second one. Just
3: Seriously. Give it two hours before you write this movie. So that's what I have.
0: Torpedo sinks it. <laughs> Anybody have any final thought or anything about Mamma Mia?
2: Oh, I dug the end credit performance again, just like the first one. Just like everyone put on ridiculous jumpsuits with flares and like shimmer and just <laughs> sing. And I loved that. I was dancing in my theater. Same In seems. my jumpsuit.
0: <laughs> you wore a jumpsuit. Will Hell you post yes, this I did. to the Screen Fix social media channels? Yeah, okay, sure. You hear that? If you've ever wondered. <laughs> If you've ever lady wandered, <laughs> oh. you're about to. There it is. You may see a picture. I'll do it. Awesome. So, I mean, I guess, I guess we should consider this screen, screen fit. All right, send us home, lady wand.
2: I should kind of just record this and drop it in every time. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to reach us here at the show, you can send an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com or you can tweet us at screenfixpod. We're on Instagram and Facebook as well at screenfixpod. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Libsyn, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course, Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, please rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.
0: You can also donate to the show. We have a Patreon account with perks and we'd love to keep the show going forever. And we also have dreams of opening a one screen theater to be the home of film festivals and podcasting and all kinds of really fun stuff. And you can be a part of that if you if if you'd like to. All right, why don't we send us home with your best share singing Fernando? Go ahead, Lady Wan, go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fernando <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gimme your share singing Fernando Go.
3: Hold on. Fernando
0: <laughs> That was That was pretty good. You did the deep the deepness. That was good. Yeah. I'll do mine. Fernando
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyway.
0: All right. Look for our news episodes, and also our next fix is going to be Mission Impossible, whatever the subject is. Fallout. Fallout. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye. Bye.